it's on. Boy, if I ain't on, y'all gonna all know it here in a minute. First Corinthians chapter number 16. I'm very grateful to be here and uh, I ain't supposed to be here, but I'm glad to be here. And uh, I'm glad that Jesus never fails. Brother Eric gave me a charge that if I didn't preach, he was gonna expose some things. So whether God's here or not, I'm fixing to give it all I got. Because what he's going to tell, I don't want y'all to know. <laughs> I can't do it like I used to could, but I'm glad to still be doing it. <clears throat> I used to be the preacher for all the youth revivals, and now I get one every now and then, and I'm excited about that. And after a man has surgery and heart issues, he has a tendency to slow down. And I'm slowing way down. And, uh, but you pray for us that the Lord would help us and I stand amongst some of the greatest men of God in our time uh, in this meeting. When I was a lad of a boy, can I call a few names? Brother Ron Garris, Brother Ed Ballou. Anybody remember some names like that? Remember a man coming, I didn't know who he was. And uh, nobody knowed who he was, but he had God. His name was Bob Marshall. And uh, as a young boy, God used that white-haired man to turn me upside down. Eddie Ledford. Anybody remember them old-timers? And uh, could name on some more was in my pastor's office last night, saw a picture of Brother Joe Parsons, Brother Hugh Saras, and uh, boy, God help me, got to hear some precious men of God, and uh, I'm glad Brother Allen's still alive, Brother Ballou, and... Uh, I did fight a great temptation a while ago. Brother Steve Spears was back there, and missionary friend there driving Brother Blue, and I saw Brother Blue's Bible right back there. He's got it. I said, I think I'll just get this Bible and leave. <laughs> I really thought about just getting his Bible and leaving. Don't act like I'd be the only preacher in here that'd think about getting Brother Stennett Blue's Bible. Just looking at Brother Chad. <laughs> I believe it'd be the will of God if you call Brother Chad to preach. He's turned into a liberal. Look at him. Casual. He's having casual Sundays now. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> that, that, that's his bathing suit. <laughs> I told y'all I should have got his Bible and left. I believe it's God's will if Brother Chad had to preach in his casual clothes, his golfing clothes. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. It's all right to laugh. 
need you to really pray, Brother Gravely. God, I'm going to get a little personal. I don't normally get this personal, but I, I went to bed. You know how you remember them times. I turned the lamp out at 11.32, and I turned the lamp on at 3.58. And God the Holy Ghost put me right here and told me to preach this this morning. Somebody said, did you know you was going to preach? I can't tell you how I know, but I just know. And I said, Lord, I was ready for the book of Philippians. That's what I've been preparing if I preach here. But at 3.58, God stirred me. And I, don't, I know Brother Blue's resting, and I'm sure Brother Jones is resting. Brother Jones preached on to stand with your man of God. And God put a sermon in my heart to preach, man of God, please stand on. I didn't do this. I ought to be in hell. I can show you my notes. I started at four o'clock this morning. And I don't normally preach one this quick. So this and the oven ain't even got heated up yet. So I need you to pray for me. But I know this is a count meeting, a jubilee. But I want to try to help a preacher. And I want to say, man of God, stand on. <laughs> I ain't nobody I don't even I'm almost if I make it another year I'll have 30 years into preaching and that's not long but boy we need some men of God just to keep standing don't it get hard don't it get rough I got a few questions I'm going to bring to us and then I'll preach three things Look in verse number one. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. That word Collection and gatherings is the same Greek word in these passages that are only found twice in our Bible here. There is, in verse number one, a order that Paul had given to the churches. That order, we can flip a few pages over and I'll not preach it this uh, afternoon, but in the book of Galatians, and we realize, he said, the order to the churches of Galatia, and I, I want to thank God that Paul came after the Gentiles. You'll find in the book of Galatians that Paul was trying to set it in order about grace and the gospel and grace and the law and grace and Christians, grace with the Christian's life and how Paul's preaching was personal to the church here. And, but it was more than just personal, it was doctrinal. Boy, ain't we forsaken in doctrinal preaching in this hour. And uh, I'm for doctrinal preaching, I'm for doctrine. And uh, boy, I've been hung up in Romans chapter 
Number four, about that doctrine of imputation. Boy, that'll help you get some victory. There's an imputed righteousness in all of us that are born again believers. The righteousness that you and I have is as filthy rags, but ain't somebody glad for an imputed righteousness that when God saved us, he moved in, hallelujah, and took up residence and and can I say God has caught me on both sides of the line. He caught me on the side of sin and kept me from going to hell, but I'm glad as a transgressor, he's caught me on this side of the line to keep me from destroying every blessing he's ever given unto me. And so we see in Paul's preaching that it was personal to the church about grace being declared and grace being demonstrated and grace being defended, but thank God for doctrinal preaching. And then thank God for practical preaching. You'll find that in the studies of the book of Galatians. I'm glad that we as Christians have liberty instead of bondage. We don't have to live in bondage. We can live in liberty. And young people, the choir was so wonderfully full, filled this afternoon. And listen, you don't have to live in bondage, young people. You ain't got to live under the law. I'm glad you can live free and in the grace of Almighty God. And uh, we see that there in the book of Galatians of how we're not under bondage, we're in liberty. And can I say, thank God I don't have to live under the rule of my flesh. Oh, I'm so thankful that I do not have to obey the flesh. Is anybody in the house of God with me? Somebody said, are you preaching a sin of salvation? No, I mean, I'm telling you, we're still sinners, but when you've been saved, you're not sinless, but you ought to sin less. And I'm gonna step out here with all men of God that I read after. You ain't got a sin, matter of fact. We don't have to see it after we've been saved. Is that all right to say? I understand we're not perfect yet, but the one that liveth in us is perfect, and we don't have to live under the law of the flesh. We find in those readings that we're under the spirit and not the flesh. This was a great day that I found in Paul's preaching in the book of Galatians in 6 that I'm not under myself anymore. Oh, glory to God. I got over self, hallelujah. Because there's a Savior living in me. And uh, I say glory to God for the glory of God that a man can have in Paul's writings instead of the glory of man. We've got so many people want man's approval. We want man's uh, uh, opinion. We want man's uh, uh, signature. But may I remind us that we need to get back to God's approval. We need to get back to God's signature and God being pleased in this perverse, dark, unregenerated, demon-possessed hour that we're living in. Uh, Brother Jones was talking about 
how that one church had 25 cars and the other had 250. Can I say, I want 250 cars, but God helped me to compromise to get 250 cars. We need the power of God. We've gotta have the wind of God or our young people and our churches will dissolve and uh, be remembered no more. But I'm glad for meetings like this that we can come from far and we can come from near and the good God of glory. Oh, hallelujah. Set out in our heart and the songbird of heaven whisper in our ear the lovely peace of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I'm looking at Paul giving order to these churches. And uh, we got to have order. And uh, you can look in that entire chapter and go over into 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, we've seen this this morning. We saw Brother Jones stand here. And Brother Mike Holcomb stand here. I'm not putting you in that old man's class yet. You said you've been saved 55 years. You don't even look 55 year old to me. I ain't gonna ask her, can I? You're 65. Boy, he's been well preserved. I like Andy Griffin's where I got that line from. Huh? I didn't know you was that old, brother. And it really ain't that old. Hello. I used to think 43 was old. You, y'all, it ain't old. Huh? I saw that brown boy over there throw that hand up. He knows what his daddy knows. I'm getting back to preaching. You be good now. Hallelujah. And so here I am, and I'll be honest with you. I appreciate when Brother John, I, I got in my car this morning, and I told the Lord that I was a novice. I said, I'm a novice to try to come down here and preach to preachers. I know it ain't a preacher's meeting, but it is a preacher's meeting. Amen. And I said, I'm a novice to be trying to say anything, but I want to encourage you to stand on. I watched Brother Blue, I got to spend a little time with him Saturday at his granddaughter, his great, his great granddaughter uh, turned one and we had her birthday party. And I watched him hobble around. I watched him ease up and ease down. He's not walking as much as he used to walk. And studying Paul here, at this time Paul is physically weak here. He's physically weary here. Paul is, is got some pain he's dealing with. And I've watched these older men of God get weak and get weary and deal with pain. But Brother Gravely said it right. They're preaching better than I've ever heard. And it could be because I'm listening better than I've listened. Is that okay? I'm not saying nothing to, 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 to say anything against what's been said, but I hear that statement a lot. But it could be that I've just not been the listener that I should have been as anybody in the house with me. 
I'm not trying to bring no rebuke or nothing. I'm, on, I'm telling it on myself. But oh, how these older men of God are feeding my soul. And uh, they're barely getting to the pulpit and, uh, and uh, barely getting to the car and, and not able to do like they used to. But boy, it does something down in my soul. Uh, to make my mind up. Uh, just to stand on, hallelujah. And just to stay with God. Uh, I got to thinking about uh, all them men that stood around my uh, preacher and my uh, man of God. I'm glad there's some men uh, uh, standing around me uh, uh, that's wide-haired and uh, they're widows uh, and they say, Brother John, we're with you and they're old enough to be my grandpa. Uh, Can I say, God, help us to stand on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you preacher boys, I wish I could go back to them days. Stand on. And, and you girls, you are hardly ever talked about. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a traveling over 250 nights a year away from my wife. You are too. I'm all over uh, 45 plus weeks a year. And, but I couldn't do what I do if I didn't have a spirit filled Holy Ghost little old wife that loved God. I feel like preaching this afternoon if that'll be all right. I'm for the preacher boys and I'm for the men of God. But we need to tell these young ladies that it's a preacher boy can't be a preacher man if he don't have a God-filled, a God-favored, and a God-fearing wife one day. High glory to God. Back in the days of the 90s, there's a 13-week revival went on. I was on one side of the school getting right with God. And I had a wife on the other side of the school. She wasn't my wife yet, but she was getting born again. Glory to God this afternoon. Girls, I want to say to you, you're just as important as a man of God is. what I was going to say. They'll either make a man or they'll break a man. And I know some good men that it was their spouse that broke them. Stand on. I could go crazy before the sun set. Don't you act like you couldn't either. Now, I ain't a legalist, but I've been accused of being one. My little old girl, 17, and uh, never had a boyfriend until now. I'm still worried about that. And uh, uh, she's cried because everybody else had a boyfriend. Hello? And I know she ain't here. 
And I doubt she's going to YouTube this and watch it. <laughs> I guarantee you she's not looking up preachers because she lives with one. Don't act like I'm the only one in here. She come around the corner. She said, Daddy, you know I love God. I said, I hope, baby. She said, you know I love Jesus. I said, I hope, baby. And she said, you know that holy. You know that holy? You know that holy? I said, the Holy Ghost? Yeah, him. <laughs> said, you know I love him, don't you? I said, I hope so. She said, can I tell you something and you not get mad? You know, because I never do get mad. Don't act like I'm only daddy up in here. A preacher's kid said, Daddy, I need to talk to you, but don't get mad and don't go to preaching to me. Don't y'all throw me on the bus. Thank you, Brown. You think I'm preaching? Good, your daddy ain't gonna tell on me. Uh, if he does, we'll tell he's a lying. I mean, y'all, come on, don't act like I'm all these preacher's kids been drugged all over the country. I'm talking about couldn't have a normal life, but they got a better life. Somebody help me. And uh, she said, Daddy, I don't want you to get mad at me. You know I love Jesus and God and the Holy Ghost. You know, I had to give him his last name to her. She said, but I'm just about churched out. I said, well, honey, I am too. <laughs> Y'all be spiritual. I'll give y'all something to talk about over the supper meal. And there'll be, I'm buying his sausage right now. And, and uh, Beanie Weenies, there'll be some T-bone steak here in a little while. Amen. And uh, she said, I'm about churched out. And I said, well, honey, I'm about churched out too. But I said, let me talk to you about why we do what we do. Yes. Are y'all with me? Yes. I could have rebuked her and hurt her. But I just reasoned with her. And that's how my daddy done things. And if we'd get to reason with some of them, they wouldn't turn out rebellious and hate God and hate church. Somebody help me. And so she's got a little boyfriend now, just now starting. And, and uh, I said, y'all can look at one another for maybe a year or two or three or four, and then we'll talk about some other things. And uh, them little snotty-nosed boys, listen to me, girls. And boys, they'd come up and say, I want to talk to Julie. I said, yeah, I do too. She's too young. And she'd cry. She didn't know I was a mean daddy, Brother Chris. And because I'm the preacher and everybody's scared of me anyhow. And I don't know why I'm a big old teddy bear. I really am. Don't believe me, ask my wife. Amen. And uh, I, them boys had come to me. And uh, there's one of them didn't ask me. He doesn't got her phone number. I just was having us a fellowship dinner. And I pastor, I pastor. I do most of my pastoring outside the pulpit. I shook that boy's hand real tight, real tight. You with me? Real tight, real tight. And I said, uh, I was looking at my girl's phone the other night when she was asleep. And uh, I said, I love you, mom and daddy. And I love you, but I don't like you. And I said, uh, I think you need to ease up texting Julie. You think me and you got a pretty good deal? He said, yes, sir, yes, sir. I said, and if you tell her that I told you that, I said, you got great problems. Y'all go ahead and judge me. If I do lose my daughter, and if my daughter does end up in the world, she's gonna have to make that choice herself. I sure in God's name ain't gonna pave the way and pay
I've done three of them that way. If they ain't got enough of sense to put a belt on, if they talk with a I'm trying to help some man of God just stand on. <laughs> Honey, she's my little jewel. She's my little diamond. I've been protecting her since birth. And I've been a shining on her. I've been a grooming her. And I'm not just going to give her just to any little snotty nose little boy coming around. Amen. Man of God. Just take the horns and stand on. She did tell me. She said, Dad, I'm going to get Facebook one day. I said, well, what a blessing. I give in to Instagram. I don't even know what that is. Come the other day, they was wanting to do Snapchat, and I said, that don't even sound right. And I don't even know what it is. I said, I don't even sound good. And somebody said, are you serious? I'm serious. I mean, I got my suit and tie on. I'm not like Brother Chad. And if I get to heaven and found out I could have wore my overhauls and my boots, and it would have been all right. I mean, I'm going to be a little bothered in heaven for a little bit. <laughs> you know why I got that hanging there? See, I pull that out and drop it on the ground. When he bends down to pick it up, I pull that out right there. And I get him when he's going down here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, y'all tote one pocket now? Come on now, you got to tote two. Drop one on the ground. He reaches down to pick it up and you get him. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say you're losing a lot of friends having me up here. <laughs> Man of God, who do we go to with our problems? Who do we have? Who can I talk to? I have to hold it all in. This may not make much sense to uh, to sheep, but if I could just help one preacher, have pastors call me. You know how I got them questions? Pastor said, Brother John, who do we have? Who do we go to? Who can I talk to? Who can I go tell my problems? Hey, y'all, we are not 10 foot tall and bulletproof. <laughs> I sit in my office hours upon hours and hear problems after problems after problems and sworn to secrecy and trusted in deep confidence that I'll not breathe a word of it. Is there, are we okay? <laughs> I got a good a wife as ever lived, but I can't even tell her, would somebody help me right there? Any man of God that goes tells his wife all the things he's going through and the problems, you're gonna bust your home up and you're gonna lose it. Is that all right? She's the help meet to me. She's not the shepherd to the sheep. 
<laughs> and I just want to say to you men of God, I got three little Bible truths after these years of ministry. And I see Paul. Look in 2 Corinthians 1. Look in verse number 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure. Oh, men of God, is anybody in the house with me? Is any man of God just going to agree right here that sometimes uh, we say, I just don't know how much more I can take. If y'all want to throw me on the bus, you can throw me on the bus. Anxiety is real. Y'all can go make fun of it all you want to. You go on and jump up in the pulpit and chew your people out because they have anxiety. Hey, sir, you better be real careful. It may come down to where uh, you live. And I know, uh, I know uh, what I'm talking about. Oh, man of God, I love you and I gotta have you. And I need you. And when them wolves and them goats is uh, uh, tiring everything up in the church and taking some of your young people down the rough road and you get up and try to preach the truth and, and stand and the good moms and dads turn on you. I want to say don't quit. Just stand on. Stand on. Stand on. These issues of who do we have to go to? Who do we have? Who can we talk to? We have to hold it all in because we're trusted and people confide in us in great confidence. And it creates a heavy, heavy, heavy burden. But I want to say this in some way. And if this is, if I can't relay it like I want to, preacher, I want you to help me relay it. I'm so pressed down. I got so much pressure. I literally think I'm losing my mind sometimes. My heart rate literally. Is anybody, is it, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I wanna be an open book to you. I'm talking about my heart literally. I'm talking about out of control with anxiety and uh, feels like the walls is a closing in on me and Brother Chris, it feels like the roofs are caving in and I think, I don't know how much more I'm taking, I'll tell you, somehow or another way, I thank God for my burden. <laughs> I don't understand. I can't explain to y'all. I don't look forward to it. But hallelujah. Thank God that he's counted me faithful. Oh, thank God that he's put me in the ministry. Thank God when I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. Thanks a God. Thanks a God that put this burden in me. <laughs> And uh, when I go to my stump up on the ridge and I can't take it no more. Oh, look in 1 Corinthians 1. Paul said, who comfort us in all of our tribulation that he may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves 
are comforted of God. I'm glad God lets us comfort people, but men of God, I can't explain what I'm about to tell y'all, but there's nothing no better in this world. When I'm in my secret place and there's nobody, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. I'm in my secret place and there ain't nobody around. Honey, there's something takes place. Oh Lord, is anybody with me? I can't explain it to you, but let me tell you, it's a comfort like no other comfort because it's the holy dove of heaven comforting my soul. And I say, thank you, Lord, for this load. Thank you, Lord, that I'm even concerned for them. And I've had to live this, and I know I'll have to continue to live it. In our pressures, men, we have promises. (laughs) In our pressures, we have promises. Look in verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Comes to find out we got somebody. (laughs) Comes to find out I literally can talk out loud. I can set up a meeting any time of the day or night. Are y'all with me? And uh, somebody said, well, do you do that? Uh, every day. I, I got my phone on airplane mode right now because I put electrician off. Uh, wasn't planning on being here this afternoon. Uh, uh, but boy, you gotta live what you preach. And I'm in a mess where I'm at down there with contractors and uh, line building inspectors. And if there's any of you in here, I love you and get with me. I need some of your information, amen. And uh, I've got a lot going on and I put it off. And when I leave here, I'm making a beeline there and I'm going to deal with it. Somebody said, well, why ain't you got a man handling that? I've already got a dozen men handling things, and God's letting me handle this one because I'm going to win his soul. I'm going to win his soul, and you know what God's going to do? God's going to save his soul. I'm under a burden for him. I told my men, I told my grounds crew, I said, God wants me dealing with him. I say, glory to God for the burden. Glory to God for the anxiety. Glory to God for the heartache. Glory to God for the burden and the battle because I do have somebody I can set up a meeting with. Verse number nine. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. How many of y'all feel that way? That we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. We're going to make it, Brother Laddie. Hallelujah. I saw these old men of God walking around here. You better know we're going to make it. You know why? Verse number 11. You also happen together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, 
that in simplicity, godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we've had our conversations in the world and more abundantly to you. I want to say, what are we going to do in our pressures? Is we're going to lean on the promises. Number two, what about our problems? In our pressures, but in our problems, we have an unexplainable peace. We just come out of a three-week meeting, unexplainable, eternal, only heaven will reveal. I've been lied on like you wouldn't believe. There's one particular man that went public on the internet, Facebook, and chewed us out, cussed us, cussed the church. I'm talking about lie after lie after lie after lie. Somebody said, you get mad? Oh, yeah, but I didn't let nobody see it. Y'all come on. I got plumb sideways. I didn't let nobody see it, thank God. That was real good of me this time. This time, and we prayed. I told my men, I said, let's fast and pray. I'm talking about for a year, he is gone. He wrote a big post, tagged me with Brother Sammy Allen and Brother Stennett Blue. Somebody said, boy, I said, y'all need to print that and off. I'm going to frame that. I mean, he tagged me with them men. I, I ain't going to lie to you. It kind of felt pretty good. Y'all don't act like that. Y'all do, do whatever you want to. But he said, he, he wrote a big post about John Dorsey. His wanting to be a Sammy Island stand-up. I said, boy, frame that in farming church. I'm going to hang that in my office, amen. I'm going to go get your signature on it. I'd go by his house every now and then. I'd knock on his door and I'd say, I'm praying for you. He'd cuss me. He wouldn't even open my door. He'd say, get out of here. Cuss me. Guess what happened in this three-week meeting? <laughs> I didn't take him off the calling post. Every call still went to him. <laughs> Curiosity is what killed the cat. I got a big old long text that he is asking for forgiveness. I said, we're getting somewhere, but we ain't there yet. I said, won't you just come on down here? He said, y'all kill me. I said, I promise you we won't kill you. He said, these three of them done threatened me. I said, I don't know who them three are, but I said, we're so drunk around here. I said, there's so many people got right with God. I said, you need to come on, guess what? He'd come down there and we'd give him so much love and he got right with God. You say, what are you saying? I'm glad, men of God, be careful burning the bridges. They're gonna need a way back home. I'm a hurrying. In that great problem, I had such a peace. My deacon said, preacher, won't you let us handle it? I said, I'm getting real close. But I said, I ain't there yet. But I'm glad in Proverbs 3 and 1 Corinthians 1. Verse number 18 through 31. Y'all go read it. I ain't got time. I'm preaching too long now. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. 
These are some of them promises to deal with our problems. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the what? Foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I want to say just preach on. Just preach on and stand on. God's got the record book. Ain't got time. I wish you'd go read the rest of that. Verse number 24 and 25, the foolishness of God's wiser than man. Verse 26, for you see a calling, brethren, how that not many wise men are to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God, ain't y'all glad for this, had chosen the foolish things of the world to control the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Boy, I like that. In verse 29, no flesh should glory in his presence in 30, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord there's peace in my problems and there's promises I can hold on I quit right here what about our persecutions we have false accusations falsely accused Seems like I, I feel foolish preaching this, but that's all right. Seems like the ones you help the greatest grab you the greatest. The ones you have those special days for when they have those tragedies in their life. And you know when they have those tragedies, what God's doing. But they're so blind. And then, boy, they turn on you. As the sheep has been challenged to stand with the man of God. 358 this morning, God, give me the thought and then give me the message. Men of God, please don't cease to stand. I got to have you. I got to have you. Brother Gravely, Romans 13. We have a power in our persecution. I'm not going to go there and preach it. I want to finish with you. Brother Eric, I want to finish with you. I'm at nine cancellations right now because of a, just a simple stand I took at Brother John Morgan's meeting in September. Wasn't a big stand, but I looked at the computer and more people seen it. I'm at nine cancellations. <laughs> Brother Henderson, I, that week, I got, it, it was just canceled and two days later, you call me. And God's going to let me come to your place that weekend. And yesterday morning, I booked that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in Alabama. 
I thought I was going to get some time off and go fishing. But because of a stand, I'm not merchandising the gospel. I'm not selling the gospel. And I'm not self-promoting the ministry. I'm not going to make a Facebook commercial. I'm not going to get me 15,000 followers and raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy me a lake house and to buy me a touring bus. Is everybody okay? Without any apologies, we're not selling the gospel. We're not merchandising the gospel. Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to have the wind. I've got to have the wind. I've got to have the wind. I've got to have the wind of God blowing. I've been, don't, don't fall out with me. I'm a Baptist, but I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm glad that I know I've been filled with the power of God. I can take it away. I'm not a charismatic. I ain't a charismatic, but I can take you to the place. I said, God, whatever them old men's got, I want. I'm staying here till I get it. I told God one night, I said, I'm not leaving here. I'm not going to school. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to play until I get it. If you don't believe that, you ask my daddy. My daddy climbed up them steps. Raised that little lid. I ain't never told this story like this till now. I've never had liberty till now. And my daddy, up at clubhouse, and I'd been laying in there for a day and a half, and tears got in my daddy's eyes. He said, son, you're gonna have to come eat. I said, daddy, I ain't leaving until God fills me. Now y'all can follow that with me if you want to. You can, you can call me whatever you want to. I didn't have no revelation. Oh, Brother Laddie, I'm going to tell you something. I remember laying, young boys, this is the only way you're going to get it. Men of God, this is the only way you're going to get it. And if I ain't careful, I could jeopardize it and lose it. Now the gifts are calling to God without repentance, but I could lose that anointing. Somebody help me. I'd be in a dump somewhere. I'd be in a ditch somewhere. I'd be in a jail somewhere. I could lose it. Oh, 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 but I, Chad, Brother Chad, I remember laying down on that floor. It felt just like somebody put their hands on me. It scared me to death, and I turned around, and there wasn't nobody there. It took me a minute to figure out what's going on. But I said, God, if you'll ever do it again, I said, I'll not turn over. I'll not turn over. I know this is Greek preaching, but it's Holy Ghost preaching. I'm for education. I didn't wake up, decide to be a preacher. I didn't go to college to be a preacher. I'm for college, but I didn't make my mind up. Glory to God. I'm glad he filled me. And he'll equip you. You can make fun of that kind if you want to. But it's the only kind that gets the job done. I'm sorry for preaching so long. Let's stand.